What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Casey Brown. I am your host, <laughs> hostess with the mostest, uh, personal trainer, blogger for about 10 years, social media girl, kind of everything wrapped into one. I'm so excited today to bring to you a, I don't even want to say part two, but a second dose of our girl, Casey. Casey Joe Orvitis. She is a PhD, half psychologist, half fitness coach, coaches mindset in the fitness industry, which is a huge, if not one of the most important things when it comes to our fitness journeys. If you listen to her back in episode, wait, wait for it, episode number four. So she was one of the first people I reached out to wanting to get her on the show. She, I've just learned so much from following her um, and so much when it comes to mindset uh, with my clients, with myself, with my journey this past year and how mindset directly impacts your motivation. That's what we talked about in episode um, number four with her. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure to rewind, head back to episode four and learn all about Casey. We go over her background, how she became a PhD, uh, trying, she was trying to find that, uh, missing link between mindset and fitness in the fitness industry. And it's just amazing what she's doing. So Sam coach, Sam and I hopped back onto a podcast with her for episode number 19 here, which I can't believe we're almost at 20 episodes. Oh my gosh. You guys are just amazing. And the support has been amazing. And just hearing what these episodes are doing for you, uh, is exactly the reason why I wanted to start this in the first place. So you are going to get so much out of this episode. What we talk about here is a lot of you know through this episode, through these episodes, you've learned about my journey when it comes to my lower back issues and injury from last year, which obviously was going on during a really hard time for so many of us, and what obviously ended up leading to launching this podcast because I knew I couldn't have been alone. And I think what happens when we get an injury or when something happens and completely maybe derails your typical journey or where you thought you were headed or how your training's been going and you get into a flow and then all of a sudden something happens and it's really easy, especially as a trainer who works with athletes, who works with, you know, all different kind of clients with different stories and backgrounds with their journeys and injuries happen, you know, and, and, and we aren't perfect. And we, uh, uh, you know, as much, as much, um, you know, work we put in behind the scenes, sometimes things can happen. And I think the biggest takeaway from this episode is how to separate yourself from an injury from, I think a lot of people think that they are their injury. And in this episode, Casey challenges me, which I loved because I was able to really like work through something live on this episode, but she challenges me and asks me questions and asks about, well, why, you know, why, why did you feel this way? Why did you think that you were done? Like, why did this back injury make you feel like it was the end of your career? And all of these different moving pieces that truly come together to make you realize that we are not our injuries. We are not our setbacks, right? That's not us as a human being. It's not who we are. And to separate yourself from something you're going through, even if you're not injured or have never dealt with an injury, 
you will learn so much from this episode about how to separate yourself from whatever may be happening to you, right? Or whatever you're working through, how to separate yourself from that and why why our brains want to attach on to that as who we are, right? They want to attach onto that injury. Try, you know, being an athlete. I know a bunch of athletes that have literally had career ending injuries and they think they can never do anything again, or they can never train again, or they can never get better or anything, right? After they've been injured, it's all over. It's, it's, I'm the injury, negative, you know, feelings towards the sport, towards their body, towards what they feel like they have failed. And there is so much more to it than the initial feeling of being a failure or something failing, right? So you are going to learn so much in this episode. I could go on and on. This is a huge thing that I have dealt with this past year. I am not my injury. I have made it through my injury. I am continuing to work through my injury. I would be lying if there were days where that were hard. I would days that you know I'd be lying if I said there were days that weren't hard, right? Like oh everything's you know rainbows and butterflies, and and it's not. It's constant work and consistent showing up for yourself, but deciphering that the difference between you and your injury, and you are going to learn so much. So I'm going to shut up now because. It needs to go to Casey, the other Casey from here. Uh, But I will see you guys in the next episode. More things coming as always. We are here. Reach out. True to you chats dot. Nope. True to you chats at gmail.com. And we will have all of Casey's information below. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you, Casey, so much for being on here. And get ready for more with Casey because she is now, she is now a BFF of True to you chats. So. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thing out of cloud. St- Me, Casey, is running out of cloud storage. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop talking in, in so funny. first person when, yeah. whenever I'm around <laughs> yeah, the other Casey. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get right into this. This feels so natural, though. It's so nice. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're just like hanging out with our girl Casey on Monday. Like, no big deal. <laughs> The first time we did this, I was total like fangirling. I'm like nervous before we talked. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Casey. I'm like so excited. Like it's like selfishly I get to meet Casey. Like I was so pumped. And then it was like, we're all humans. And the conversation was amazing and it helped so many people and it did so well. And, and I'm just like, it's just cool. It's just cool to have you in our circle now, Casey. <laughs> Happy and we to went, be here. <laughs> and we went from recording in the same room on very expensive recording footage, uh, equipment, and now I'm in a gas station parking lot on my phone. So <laughs> I think we've, we've reached that level. We are. <laughs> yes. We are on that level now. And we, so a little intro here and then... Again, I just really don't need to be talking at all because Casey, the other Casey is amazing. And I could listen to our first episode over and over and learn something new every single time. But Casey, if you guys don't know, coach Casey Joe is back again. Obviously we love, we love her name. Sam obviously loves Casey's. And then yeah, I've got a thing for Casey. You got a thing for Casey. (laughs) And then uh, Casey also has a thing for Sam's because Casey's boyfriend is Sam. So very funny. So next episode we're gonna have Sam on as well, and we're just gonna like blow it away with two Sams and two Kate. We need to. Okay. All right. Plan. Let's hang out again. Do it. (laughs) No, officially we get to hang out again. Awesome. Um. So we were actually just catching up a little bit before this, and then wanted to bring you guys in on a couple things, but 
where we're going, our point of this podcast today is not only are you going to hear a funny court story about me this morning that has nothing to do with our low back pain, but then we're going to move into <laughs> our low back pain situation. So um, in our last episode, when we talked to Casey, obviously Casey mindset, mindset guru and uh, right, rightfully <laughs> so um, PhD behind her name. This girl is unbelievable. Um, we talked about the mindset behind training, behind food. We kind of touched on a ton of different, honestly, topics so and much we just stuff. Mm-hmm. did, and it was so good. And I really do. I sent that to so many of my clients and I was like this, cause sometimes, right. We have that like parent effect on our clients. Like I get it too. where like, I will tell them something, but until they hear it from someone else, all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I totally. believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's with, like my, like you, my youth athletes, my, their parents would always say to me, Hey, so if you tell them that this protein bar is delicious, they're going to eat it, but they won't listen to me. And I'll be like, this is the best protein bar I ever had. And they're like, mom, you can buy these protein bars. Like they're trying to get more protein in their kid's diet. It yeah. You listen better to other people. So that episode for so many people was so helpful. And then recently I was just saying this before I personally have not been posting a ton of workout footage. Like I used to, I used to to my husband's, my husband is not the best Instagram husband. He, he's been doing this for so long now that I think he's just like, okay, Casey, like put your phone on the thing and let it film you. You know, it's like, okay, okay. (laughs) So I haven't, I really don't, I'm normally like a very solo worker outer. Like I really don't have someone around me at all times. We're fitting in workouts between clients. I'm not really have a lot of time to film things. So lately Sam has been so nice because it's like Sam's there and he's able to film me. And we filmed one of the first times that I did a deadlift since I literally the beginning of 2020. So my, my training has drastically changed. And honestly, my mindset behind training has drastically changed. And I'm totally fine admitting that at 31 years old, after training so many clients since 2012, I'm fine admitting that my mindset has really switched and for the better. And it's not only helping me, but it's trickling into what I do with my clients and how I'm looking at things in a completely different lens than, than what Mm -hmm. I did before. Um, so I haven't done the traditional workouts that I used to do and there's nothing wrong with the way I was training. I was, I was hitting compound lifts, which, and then I would go into some, some smaller things. Cause I kind of like the aesthetic side of things too. Like it's fun to build your biceps and your triceps. Like it's fun to do that. But at the same time, I had so many insta- like instabilities in my body that were causing so many symptoms that I, and then I talked about this, I was sweeping them under the rug. I was like, nah, like I'll, I don't have time to go today. I'll go and get looked at another day. Or mm-hmm. I really think for me, and I'm sure you can elaborate on this Casey is that I was afraid to face what I was dealing with. And I was mm-hmm. afraid that they were basically going to tell me my worst fear. They were going to be, I, I had myself so far gone with my anxiety. And then you're throwing in also the pandemic starting and me mm-hmm. like basically being stripped of my job and not knowing where to go and what to do. And how to start online stuff, very different than here we are now in December. But in March, it all happened at one time. My symptoms were bad. 
I was feeling like crap. I felt lost and hopeless. And I thought I would never be able to be a trainer again. I was like, I'm not going to be able to walk. Like I had myself so far gone Mm -hmm. with my anxiety just completely took over. And for me, the lowest I had been probably since I was 10 years old with anxiety and that, and that's after a lot of stuff. And I feel like I hit a all time low because it just all happened at one time. And I could no longer sweep it under the rug when I have, when I'm not busy, when I'm not running around like a crazy person, when I'm not driving from here to here, all of a sudden I'm like left with my thoughts. And those thoughts started to create stories in my head and think symptoms that weren't even mine and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff that I was learning and, and learning about with my therapist working through that but it's unbelievable what we can literally the story we can tell ourselves is a hundred percent what we believe. And we talked about this in the last podcast. So today we really Mm -hmm. just wanted to take that piece of the puzzle because Sam and I'll, you know, he'll talk about this too. He is now specializing in that. You are not your injury. You are not your injury. I came into Sam and I was like tears in my eyes. I'm like, I have no hope. There's nothing left. And Sam literally was like, so we're just going to have you lay here and take some deep breaths. And then an hour went by. We're both basically crying because we were like in this like empathetic state with each other. And I was like, and he believed in me. And that was the first time that somebody was like, Hey, you're going to be like, you freaking got this. And as someone who is constantly telling other people that, and is constantly the person who is being the biggest cheerleader for everybody around me, because not only is that my job, but that's very natural to me is to just build people up. And I'm always the one giving that. And so for someone to look at me in the eye in like such a vulnerable state and be like, Oh girl, this is like you, this is nothing. Like, why are you, why do you have yourself checked out? Like, this is, you are not what's happening to you. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a little background story of myself, but also obviously I want to, we'll touch on so many different things, but Sam, if you want to go off here on <laughs> the tangent. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it, what I, what I find in, in the reason that we, I wanted to get Casey here is because the mindset of injury and the mindset of dealing with pain is so important to the recovery process mm-hmm. as a whole. Right. I mean, you were, you were dealing with physical pain, but you're also dealing with a certain amount of emotional pain as well, emotional baggage of what's going on in your life. And you did not give yourself the, I call it the fertilizer in which to grow in a more productive way. <laughs> like you were really focused in on like your pain, like what was going wrong or what you thought was broken. And initially all we did together was really just kind of understand how your body moves and understand the level of stress that in, in Casey, I'm sure can jump in here anytime she wants to talk about stress, right? Like stress is such a major factor when it comes to training, when it comes to nutrition, mm-hmm. like I talk about stress, it's everything. Just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And it, I mean, she, uh, Casey was <laughs> stressed to the gills, right? <laughs> the, the thing that, that got her to the point of success that she is in her life is that ability to go, 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 go. But when it comes to dealing with setback, like an injury or pain, 
like you can't just keep hitting that gas pedal. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Casey, what do you think in terms of the mindset of injury or pain or or what sort of insights do you have about the situation? My gosh, there's so many different directions I could go with this, (laughs) (laughs) especially now that you mentioned like the, the stress side of things. And then hearing Casey talk about like the way that her anxiety sort of like manifested itself and just kind of kept getting worse because it just like was spiraling in her head and turning into like this thing that like didn't even honestly make sense. Like if you were to write that out on paper, like my back hurts, obviously it was more than that, but my back hurts. So that means I'm never going to walk again. So that means that my entire <laughs> like life's purpose is out the window. Like what? No, <laughs> you know? So um, yeah, lots of different directions we can go. I think I'll start kind of with Casey's sort of perspectives and her experience. So one thing I, so obviously for those of you listening, I am a psychologist. I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm a research psychologist. So I'm not like, Hey, lay on the couch, tell me your problems and I'll fix them type of psychologist. But, um, but we kind of do that anyways with Casey. We're like, hi, can you help us please fix us? (laughs) Fix fix all my problems. Um, but I do have lots of training and lots of background when it comes to whether it is like mental illnesses, anxiety, depression, stress issues, all of that. Um, So with that said, something that does kind of like come to mind immediately is that whole idea of like, yes, if you just kind of get stuck in your head and continue thinking the way that you're thinking, like it's just going to keep spiraling and turning. I talk about this a lot with my clients, like you got to get it out of your head and not just like sit there with it because it will just like stew and turn into this like thing that doesn't even make sense anymore. Um, But yet it's still like driving your lifestyle and your choices and what goes on in your your day-to-day life. So it's very much a real thing, even though it's really not. (laughs) So um, something that does come to mind with all of this is a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy. So CBT is something that's been around for a really long time. It's one of those like really long standing, very much so like evidence-based practices when it comes to dealing with um, whether it's anxiety or stress or just like negative thought patterns in general. Um, And what's really cool about it is that you don't necessarily need a therapist to do it. In fact, you can kind of work through some of this stuff on your own, um, which is really cool, especially because I can't sit here and be like, I'm a therapist. Let me tell you what to do type of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, what's really cool is that there's even, I mean, there's workbooks and stuff like that, that I've even sent to some of my own clients and things to that degree. But a lot of it gets broken down into figuring out like where, where these thoughts are coming from, what they are trying to kind of locate the evidence for those thoughts and the evidence against those thoughts. So the very traditional kind of like path for this is to think, okay, what is that negative thought that you're having? It's like, okay, so in Casey's case, this was Casey's case, this was um, the, um, the back pain that she was having, this injury that she was realizing is becoming like more of an issue. Maybe she ignored it for a while. And now it's like, she's trying to continue to ignore it because if she feels like if she actually addresses it, then that might cause some sort of like turmoil in her life and like take away some of the stuff that she really enjoys and and of course that's scary and totally those feelings are valid right um and something to keep in mind too is that a lot of times these thoughts that we have sure maybe we blow them out of proportion but there is like some truth to it still otherwise we wouldn't be thinking this way right like absolutely like if you have a back injury that might take away things like deadlifting that you might really, really enjoy and adds to your life. So of course, like, yeah, there, there is some truth to some of this, but I think what's most powerful is really like trying to figure out what is true and really what's not true and coming at to a more accurate depiction of what's going on. Um, so with Casey's situation, the thought process here is like, okay, the negative thoughts 
that I'm having in this pattern that keeps kind of showing up is I'm injured. So that's going to run into issues when it comes to my job, my passions, my career, everything in my life. Like it has the potential to really screw up some of the stuff that I really, really love. Um, those are the thoughts that she's having, the negative thoughts that are causing like the anxiety, the stress and all of that. So taking that thought then and thinking like, okay, what is the evidence for this? So Casey, tell me, <laughs> tell me what is the evidence for those thoughts? Like what makes it true? The, so for me, the truth was that I had been like feeling physical symptoms. Like I was like having mm -hmm. like a tingling in one leg and then it would be in both legs. And then it, it, and then it would turn into like, I was like, Oh, like I get really like sore from standing for too long. And it was like the instant I am like hyper <laughs> in almost like a, I don't want to say a negative way, but because I'm so in tune with my body, I think mm. that I can obviously <laughs> exacerbate yeah. what I'm feeling. So ever since when, what really clicked for me when I was going, when, well, I'm still in therapy, but whenever I started going to therapy and I was telling her this stuff, like I was like, I'm feeling this. And then all of a sudden I'll feel this. And then I'll feel this and you know, whatever. And then if somebody tells me a story about somebody else going through something, all of a sudden I'm feeling what they're feeling. You feel and that too. Yes. And she, <laughs> yeah. and I, I, so I didn't, this is, I mean, I intuitively knew I was an empath, but I never really had the conversation about like what that really mm. is. And so yeah. my whole life, I have felt other things people feel like I, and again, to someone who doesn't understand that they're like, okay, you're, you're sounding crazy. But for me, it was more of, I feel people's energy. I can, I can change based on their energy. So if I like, if a client walks in and I can just feel that they're anxious or stressed, I feel it in my chest and I feel heavy. And then all of a sudden I'm acting different so that they mm -hmm. they feel better. And then, or if I feel that I feel like someone's mad at me or I did something, I feel heavy. And I feel I've always been so intuitive or like if someone doesn't feel good around me all of a sudden I don't feel good and I'm like yeah. I have symptoms too and so at 31 years old I'm talking to my therapist and I'm like I am feeling these things and then if I start to really think about it I feel it more and then and then if someone tells me a story about their friend that had this happen with their back then I all of a sudden am like Oh my God, I'm feeling that too. It's me too. It's like the WebMD effect, right? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, totally looking is. for symptoms online. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely have a parasite. It has to be a parasite. Yeah. Right? And, and I <laughs> got, and then you mix that in with my anxiety and it became my totally. story mm -hmm. was somebody else's story and my symptoms were someone else's symptoms. And when I was younger, I remember also dealing with this when I first started to realize like, all right, we're having some anxiety here when I was younger. Um, when people would be sick around me or like not feel good, I remember like always feeling similar. Like I would be like, like I would get anxious or I would be like, Oh, my throat's hurting or my stomach hurts. And my mom would always be like, you're okay. Like you're not sick. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm sick. Like I got the same thing they do. And but I never, but until I was 31 years old, did I realize, Oh my God, I am a freaking straight up empath. That is, that is feeling, I knew what empathy meant, but I right. was, it was almost like I finally had a title of to 
wow, this is why I've been holding on to so many things for so many years. And the way people feel affects me so much. And I had no boundaries or skills Uh to deal with that. A hundred percent. It's like what we do for a living, obviously being empathetic is a huge part of it, but it also was hurting me. Like it was Mm -hmm. physically, mentally hurting me because I had Mm -hmm. no tools to back up the way I was feeling. And so I started, I would like wake up every morning and, and I, so I finally went and got an MRI because I really, at that point I was reaching out to so many different people. I was like reaching out to Sam. And then I reached out to my PCP. And then of course they're going to just send me for imaging. And, and I got needles shoved all through my body. And, and the guy, literally (sighs) the neurologist, the neurologist was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm like, can, is there any other tests we can do? Like literally I would have laid there all day. I was like, what else can you do? Like I needed black and white evidence and he gave it to me and mm-hmm. he was like, give me answers. He was like, you're okay. Like he was like, you have, so when I got the MRI, it, they had told me on the MRI that it was, there was a pinch nerve and that there was a, a disc mm-hmm. slip, right? Like in my lower right side. Um, and then when I went and got yep. all these other tests done, he was like, you're okay. I just think that you need to like go back to PT or get stronger in mm. your core or whatever. And then what I realized with empaths is that you can still get your answers and still not be enough. Like, <laughs> like I literally wa- would walk out of the doctor's office and be like, Hey mom, like I'm fine. Like the dude was like, okay, don't come back unless this is like happening again. You're <laughs> fine. Don't come back. I'm like, don't come no, back. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I'm like, they're like, yeah. my name's like on the list. Like, don't let her in. Like, it's like, come on. <laughs> but I realized when I was talking to my therapist, she's like, yes, people with, you know, empathy and empath anxiety, it, you don't get relief even from black and white answers. So mm-hmm. I knew that it had to come from me. Like it had yep. to come from me. And so I went from being my injury. Like I was diagnosing myself mm-hmm. with everything that nobody told me. Everyone told me I was fine. I was still diagnosing myself with everything. And then I was like, I'm not going to be able to be a trainer again. I'm not going to be able to do whatever. So my concrete evidence was what I was feeling. And mm-hmm. then when you throw in the anxiety, it takes yep. it times 10. So it was really easy to believe the yep. story in my head. And that was a long-winded yep. freaking answer, but that is <laughs> no, that is perfect. how I felt. Like that is how I felt. And as much as yeah. I knew my like brain, my, my one side of my brain was like, Casey, you're fine. Like just, you're, you're going to reach out and you're going to have people around you that support you. And you're going to be, you're going to be better. My other side of the brain was like, my life's over. So it was a constant battle. Um, until I, like I said, until I walked into Sam and he was like, I've seen this before because that made me feel better because Mm -hmm. I felt like I was the only person feeling any of this, you know? And then he was like, okay, so that's not uncommon and you're going to get better. And I was like, oh my God, like that's all I needed to hear. And it was like, all my hope came back. I just, I really, it's actually, I'm just blown away with how I used to feel. And it was only X amount of months ago. Like the hopelessness I felt was scary. Mm-hmm. And that's not yeah. really me. So there's my long winded yeah. freaking answer, but yeah. And it, <laughs> there's like so many more things I could unpack within that too. Like even just you now being able to look back and recognize like, Oh, that was not that long ago. And I felt so much different. And just to like, think about that too. And I want you just, this, this is me like putting my psychology cap on. Do I want it. you to remember that too. Like think about those feelings that you're having right now. Like, Oh, wow. I felt that bad not that long ago and now I feel really good 
just so like next time, because here's the thing, like life is always going to throw you curveballs like that. Maybe it's not another back injury, but maybe it's something else, you know, in your life where you're feeling relatively like hopeless and things like that. And to actually be able to remember like, oh, I felt this way before, but it only lasted a short period of time. So I can do this again. Mm -hmm. Like I can get through it because the light is at the end of the tunnel. I just need to find it. I need to figure out the way to get there type of thing. Um, and then with that said, so your evidence kind of like for these thoughts that you were having is like, hi, your back is injured. Like you definitely had, like you had the pinched nerve, you had the slipped disc, like there is evidence for the reason why you're feeling this way. Like you have a back injury um, and you were feeling the effects of that, both like emotionally and through your anxiety and, and things of that nature. So then my next question for you is what is the evidence against that thought? So we have the evidence for it. Like there's a reason it's showing up totally valid. Like you should feel validated for that, but what makes it not true? Uh, I think, um, <laughs> I think, like I said, like my, I had like my brain kind of felt like it was split in half. Right. So I had like, or like different versions of myself sitting on my shoulders is like something I would picture. Like Casey over mm -hmm. here is like talking to myself like a puppet. And I'm like, you know, better, like, you know, better, like, you know, that you're having this but you're also feeling this way and like almost like the evidence I had to support the argument against that I would never be, that I would never be fixed. Like, it was like, I knew that as like a professional, as like a 31 year old human being, like I knew that things correlated together. You've been dealing with this for mm -hmm. this amount of time. You've been sweeping it under the rug. You haven't been putting yourself first. You haven't been putting your body first. You've been pushing, 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 go, go, go. You've been training the same way for so long with, with feeling out of it, like feeling like something was off, but pushing through it because you have, because in my brain, I was like, you're Casey Brown. Like, let's go. Like, you got this, like, pick it up, like, you know, whatever. But then the other side of me would fight back and be like, but this isn't right. Like, this is, <laughs> this is where you're going to be. And this is X, Y, Z. It was mm -hmm. like a constant, my therapist would always say it was like, I was just playing ping pong with myself. Like it was just yeah. like here and here and here and here. And then I'd feel mm -hmm. better. And then I would hit a low and then I would feel mm -hmm. better. And then I would hit a low. So it's like, I had that side of me that was the evidence to support that I was going to be okay, but it was yeah. really easy to believe the other side when I was stuck with only my thoughts and I wasn't going anywhere or doing anything or seeing other people. Mm -hmm. It was just a constant spinning yep. in my brain. And so right. the evidence against it, I had it. Like I was mm -hmm. like, okay, you're, you can write down all the reasons why mm -hmm. this is happening what makes you think you like, you can't get better now. But in mm -hmm. my brain, I'm like, Nope, I'm that 1% that's going to be like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, so that's, right. that's the ping pong match in my head for a visual yeah. for people. That's mm -hmm. how it was in my brain. Yeah. So even though you knew like Casey Brown, the trainer knew that like, this is not something that's big enough to like ruin your career or keep you off of doing the things that you want to do all the time. And it's, it's silly to think that way, but like at the same time too, you were still sort of feeling that way because you had the evidence for it. And that was almost outweighing the evidence against it, even though the more, and this is the next kind of step here of going through this process of the negative thought pattern breaking. So then now taking that negative, or I'm sorry, the evidence for and the evidence against now kind of comparing those, we have like the ping pong stuff and we have the fact that yes, you actually were injured. And, but you also knew that that's not necessarily a reason enough for you to like lose everything that you love and things like that. So 
hearing all of this, I guess, what's the most accurate depiction of that thought? So a current thought, the current negative thought we're dealing with here and walking through these steps with is that this injury is going to lead you to not be able to do any of the things you love and is going to like extremely like set you back. Like now hearing evidence for evidence against what is the more accurate depiction of that thought? Yeah. So the accurate depiction I feel like of that thought is that I think of it as almost like if I take myself out of the equation and I was watching it from the outside, looking in to me talking to a client, right? So if someone came to me and was saying all of these things to me, I would a hundred percent be like, oh my gosh, like, let me give you the contact to like my spinal health and rehab chiropractor that has been very, very help, like helping me. Let me give you Sam's Mm -hmm. contact who I ended up reaching out to and getting help. And let me like, you're not broken. Like, that's what I, like I Mm had. And then I remember being like, you have people in your life that have felt this way. The clients that have told you this clients that have whatever. And why am I any different? Like, why does it have to be that mine's so bad? And I think that, Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing that I, that switched it for me was for so long, right? Like when you own your own business, you get in the mindset of that. You have to do it all yourself. And that's a, Mm -hmm. it's a lie. It's a lie, but you, you subconsciously (laughs) think, well, Casey, pull your shit together. Like, let's go. Like you got this, like you've owned your own business since out of college. You've been an entrepreneur. Like people look up to you for that how can you not figure this out? It was like, I was getting really like freaking mad at myself. You know what I mean? And, um, what I realized and what helped me was whenever my therapist said to me, you need to be less judgmental on yourself because I was judging myself so hard. Like if I had a bad day, I was like, Oh, really Casey, you're 31. Like you should be over this by now. Like that was the voice over here. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the other side was like, okay, just like be with yourself and ask for help. And that's what, until I asked for help, swear to you, until I asked for help, until I went to therapy, until I went to Sam, until I found a chiropractor that was helping my actual symptoms, did I, I was not moving forward at all because I wasn't facing anything. And Mm -hmm. from my previous history with anxiety and everything I've been through since 10 years old, I always tell people the same thing too. And I was telling myself, right. I was like, you can't get through it. You can't get over this until you go through it. I've never gotten over anything, any anxiety until I have faced it head on. And, and Mm -hmm. I, it was, I had that fear of facing it head on that it was going to be this, this horrible thing. And then when I finally started to reach out, it wasn't, they were like, oh my gosh, like this is like a little, what do you call it? A molehill, an anthill, whatever, like a small hill that you're going to get over (laughs) and move and move forward. And I remember being like, it was almost like I could breathe again. Cause I finally faced it. Like I finally was Mm -hmm. like, Sam, I'm not well, and I need help. And then I was like, chiropractor, I'm not well, and I need help. And then therapist, like I'm not well, and I need help. And I need all of this because I can't do it by myself anymore. That's where I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is really, this is really cool to hear too, because I'm like walking you through these steps, but it sounds like what you ended up actually doing, which makes sense, like with your therapist's help is actually facing what is the more accurate depiction of what's going on. Right. Instead of like being stuck and doing the ping pong thing and being stuck with like, okay, well, I do have some evidence for this, but then I really don't. And then like, just going back and forth with that, you actually did like sit down with like, 
a chiropractor or with a doctor, or with a therapist, with Sam, and like, like literally talked about it and got it out of your head to have a more like accurate depiction of what is going on. And then al that allowed you to actually get through it because you can't necessarily get through something that isn't real. So there's no way to work work through it unless you get to that step first of being like, okay, what are we actually dealing with here? So it sounds like that's exactly what you did, which is really cool because it kind of shows this actually operating in real life. So, and then like, typically, you know, this step, the next step is to be like, okay, now that we have a more accurate depiction going through those steps, how does that make you feel? And you just like jumped into that step and shared with us exactly the difference that you felt, you know, like I felt so relieved and like, this was like so much different than how I had been feeling once I got it out of my head and figured out what the heck was actually going on so I could get through it. And then everything changed, you know? So obviously like these kinds of steps, it seems so, so much of psychology is this way. It seems like so basic and simple and like so stupid. Like, why would I do it? You know, like, why would I sit down and think like, okay, what are my thoughts? Evidence for evidence against like, what's the more accurate, like reality here. Um, and then how do I feel differently once I get to that point, but actually taking the time to sit down and go through that, whether, yeah, you're having a conversation with someone else, like we just did, or using it as like a journal entry or something like that is a really great way. I think, especially when we're talking about whether it's injuries or just like something that's setting you back in your life to kind of keep you away from doing the things that you love to do, like really taking a second to be like, okay, like, what is the issue here? Really? You know, rather than like letting your mind just kind of take it. Um, and what I think is really cool and you guys are going to love this is what I'm really seeing is not necessarily like the, the good Casey and the bad Casey and like your two shoulders, like playing ping pong, but it really is right. like fixed versus rough mindset is what I'm right. doing. So like, for instance, you explained with, um, the fixed mindset side, we'll call that now, um, the fixed mindset side, you are thinking to yourself, like, oh, like if I, I can't, like, I can't reach out for help. I can't do all these things. And if I'm not, if I'm not showing up that day, or if I'm not do, doing all the things that I had planned to do, then that says like to you, you're saying like, come on, you're Casey Brown, like you can do it. But you're this like fixed mindset side of you is like, okay, but if I have this one day that's off, or I don't do the things I was saying I was going to do, or I'm not fully able like to do all of the things that I want to do and can know I can do that that is a huge like reflection on who you are as a person. That's what that fixed mindset side is saying. And um, in reality, that's obviously not the case, right? We're just gonna have some bad days sometimes. We are gonna get injured, like things are gonna happen. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's like something about who you are as a person. And that's what we see a lot of times with people who have more of a fixed mindset in, in different areas. It could be in anything. They automatically prescribe any sort of setback or failure or something that doesn't go right to who they are. And it's, it's almost like it's giving them evidence, like not correct evidence, but giving them evidence for why they're not cut out or why they're not made to be doing what they're doing. When that, again, not the case, it's just stuff that's going to happen. But then, so your growth mindset side um, is over here saying like, Never mind. Like, I need help. Let's find my resources. I know that there's a way to get to point from point A to point B where I am feeling better and things are back to normal. I just need to figure out what that strategy looks like. I got to get these people on my team in my corner. Who do I talk to? Where do I go? Just like, what are the next steps? You know, that is a growth mindset. That is like, what do I need to do? Where do I find the help? And what strategy is going to work for me to get there? So, this is really cool for me to hear you talk because I can see it so clearly like these this is like, like essentially what 
was like some fixed mindset stuff battling with your growth mindset stuff and your growth mindset did end up winning, which obviously benefited you in the long run. Um, and now you're in a much better place today. So really cool to see. And I think just like with anything, I can find mindset sneaking in there somewhere, but that was just like a very clear picture of one versus the other. And also provides like a very good example of what fixed mindset and growth mindset can look like. Yeah. And even the, like the, the vocabulary, like, yes, that's exactly used, what I was feeling. <laughs> no, no. Even like the vocabulary she used, she went from saying I am broken to yep. I was experiencing back pain. Perfect. Yep, exactly. Right. And I, I was going to say this too, Sam, actually, I love that you picked up on this because this was something I was going to mention earlier and I forgot about it. But the way that Casey was even kind of explaining her situation when she was saying, you know, my stress, my anxiety, my injury, things like that, and how we tend to, yeah, use that vocabulary where we, where we ascribe those things as being something mm -hmm. that's part of us versus, you know, oh, the stress that I was experiencing or the injury that I had or the anxiety that I felt that day is so much different than it's like, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And you see it that way to the point where it's just like, yes, this is something in Casey, I do like, I encourage you just like going forward from here, knowing that this is something that you have been dealing with since you were like 10 years old on the anxiety side of things, like really trying to remove yourself from it. Cause it can be really hard when you know that you've struggled with anxiety since you were 10 years old and now you're 31 it's really hard to not see it as just like something that's part of you. But I think the more you can remove it and see it as like, I'm Casey Brown. And sometimes like anxiety gets in the way of my life. It's not like I'm Casey Brown and I have a lot of anxiety. It's, it's my issues that I have. I'm Casey Brown is anxiety, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. move away from that. Um, but yeah, I love that you picked up on that Sam because it was something I was going to um, pick up on as well. And it's one of those things that when I'm like, I was working with Casey in the first, I would say month or so, one of the things that not only with Casey, but with a lot of people that are experiencing any sort of pain or they're coming back from an injury is that I tell them to stop picking the scab. And what I mean by that is if something doesn't, if something feels good, don't go looking for the pain again, just because you're used to having that pain, right? Yeah. Like don't go putting yourself in a position where you're like, yeah, but if I move like this and I twist around, it's like, stop looking. Why are we looking for the pain, right? Yeah. But you're right. They do take that, like, that ownership of that pain, making that part of them, their own story, mm -hmm. that when it starts to kind of go away, there's almost a, a, a conflict internally about like, okay, the pain's going away. All right, what do I do now? Well, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I, I'm like the perfect, I'm just the perfect specimen for you two to do this with, but really it's like, I, for so long, um, when I have had moments of high anxiety, we, we, cause there are a big group of us out there that do this. And it's like, we tend to fixate on something. And when that, mm -hmm. and that becomes part of your daily routine that almost makes you comfortable. So like, if I, I remember this happened again, obviously this year, like, and I remember it from when I was younger, when I, when I woke up out of bed in March, in April, in May, cause this is like, that was like the crux of what I was going through every morning I'd wake up and I would be like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm missing something. And then my, and then I, my thought would come back and I'm like, Oh, there she is. Like, there's the anxiety. There's the thought. Okay. Uh -huh. Here we are. Here's how I feel. Here it is again. It, it's almost like when, when you go every single day thinking about something. And again, this has mm -hmm. happened when I was younger with what, with my thoughts then on different things, mm -hmm. 
it becomes a normal thought process every day where to where it almost and you could you know correct me if I'm wrong but it almost becomes a habit and then it becomes comfortable mm-hmm. because if you're not totally. thinking about it then you feel like what am I why do I feel oh that's right I need to be worrying about this and then it like I was like oh up there there she yeah. is you know so it's like that on mm-hmm. through March through May every time I'd wake up I'd be like waiting for the symptom to happen again or waiting for that tingle in my foot or waiting for, you know, when I'm standing for it to start like bothering me or waiting for, like, it was almost like bringing it Mm -hmm. on myself, then, then it even happening naturally. And it all started here every single morning. So there is that it does for me to disassociate from what I'm feeling or what my thoughts, that my thoughts are not me was actually one of the biggest things that my therapist started with me doing because she quickly realized (laughs) I wish I could video (laughs) some of our sessions which I know we can't but it's like her like she quick you know it's like she quickly realized that I we tried the journaling right we tried sitting and staring at the candle flame we tried everything (laughs) I can think of and I gave it everything I had I was like you can in my own way no pressure I'm gonna you know whatever for me it's word vomit. I am a million times a getting it out there in the open, getting it off my chest, talking about it. And I feel a thousand percent better. And then what she said way early on, when I was talking about this, exactly what you guys said, which is like, I feel like I've been seen, right. It's like, she literally would be like, so you're, we are going to rewrite your story. And I remember being like, okay, what, like, you want me to write down, like, you know, my story, like me thinking like, <laughs> oh, yes, time. <laughs> yeah, simple, like, here's my story, right? And she was like, your identity, because I was struggling with finding my voice, like, it was kind of like, I have all this stuff I want to say. And then the social media was like, you know, what it, it was a lot at the time. And I, I just mm-hmm. felt like I was lost in how I was, I felt so out of my body. I was like, I'm feeling these symptoms. My anxiety is all over the place. I'm not reaching out for help. I, I don't know what to say on social media. No one's following me anymore. It was like, I just felt like my voice was gone. Like I had no voice and she was, Mm. and that was what we started with. She was like, okay, so instead of journaling and writing out, I just want you to start thinking who is Casey at 31 years old without like, don't think about, I have anxiety. Don't think about, I have this, who, who, where are you? What is, who Mm -hmm. is you, you know? And I remember being like, oh, like felt so stripped of these things, these labels I was putting on myself. Like, Mm -hmm. who am I really? Like, you know, it's like, and that was, that's really hard. I think to do when you've associated yourself with, I have anxiety for so many years, or I have this injury or whatever. Okay. She constantly is challenging me. She'd be like, okay, remove the anxiety. Who are you? And then I'd be like, well, you know, like I know who I am. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's almost like you're, you're strict. You're taking off this blanket Mm -hmm. that makes you feel comfortable, even though that blanket is, is harming you. You know what I mean? Miserable. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of how it felt. Like I was like, this blanket sucks. It's scratchy. It's itchy. I but feel you know heavy. What? It's my blanket, damn it. But it's it my blanket. blanket. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it's my yeah. blanket. And it it for some reason makes me feel comfortable. And so that's why I, I for me was having a hard time 
with that separation. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I'm Casey. I have anxiety. I'm very open about my anxiety. I'm very, mm-hmm. I want people to understand that like, this isn't something that you should feel weird about or right. that like it can happen to everyone. But at the same time, who is Casey? Where's my voice? Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. something that I, that my therapist from early on was like, all right, this is, this is, this yeah. is what we need to focus on. So it's yeah, very, obviously yeah. very interesting that you said that because that's mm-hmm. what was happening. Something she picked up on right away. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I think so much of it, like thinking about self-fulfilling prophecies and stuff from like, we could go from the, okay, I'm waiting, waiting for the tingling, like in my feet and stuff, like waiting for that back pain to like come back around all the way to like the other side of things, which is not like very specific, like injury focused, but like with your anxiety and stuff, it's like, okay, like waiting to start worrying about something. When am I going to start feeling anxious? You know? And the more you just expect that, the more it's going to show up. And so many people, I think, and I could go down a rabbit hole with this, like people who talk about, you know, like manifestation and things like that. And all of this, like woo woo side of things. And to me, I'm just like, all of this is just growth mindset. That's all I'm hearing, you know, whether it's manifestation, I actually just listened to the audiobook of, have you guys heard of the book, The Secret? Oh yeah. Yeah. Everyone you haven't seen right? Come on. No, Sam. I haven't. Is it good? <laughs> that, it was from like 20 years ago. It's so old. It's so, so old. But I never, I had never Oprah talked it. about it. Never, yeah. Oprah's Oprah swore by it. <laughs> yeah, by exactly. It. The whole book is just essentially like, think, think the thoughts that you want to like, actually make reality in your life, you know, and always like give just as much as you receive and like knowing, like having like an abundance mindset, essentially. I listened to this whole thing and I could not, like, I had a really hard time getting through it because to me, the whole time, all they were doing was talking about mindset without saying mindset. So, and I'm like, this book is 20 years old and yeah, then there's a movie based on it, you know, and a lot of it is like, okay, so like the secret manifestation, all of this stuff, I think it's just like at the end of the day is like having a growth mindset, you know, um, and for you, you know, with like your anxiety and the self-fulfilling prophecies of like, okay, I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm waiting for it to happen. Like it's going to happen because you're thinking about it and you're so focused on it. You're so used to it. And you're right. It is very much. So a lot of that becomes very habitual and it's just like the way that you go up about your life and the way that you do things. And we need to start like breaking those patterns. And actually that whole, like, what is the thought evidence for evidence against more accurate depiction? How does it make you feel? That whole thing is a lot of times used for like automatic thought processes. So figuring out like, what are those negative automatic thoughts that you're having? Like pick out one and then let's work through this exercise thing. So it really is meant to focus on those things that just like kind of crop up out of nowhere um, that maybe, you know, related to that injury or related to your anxiety about the injury or your just anxiety in general. And they just kind of like come out of nowhere. And, you know, when they don't come up, then you're kind of seeking for them. And then they come anyway, even if you're like, I don't necessarily want them, but like, here we are. And you're right. Like those kind of habits, it has like a comfort zone type of thing. And as we know, like discomfort breeds growth. So like leaving some of that stuff sometimes is where you actually begin to grow. And like, that's where, yeah, growth mindset can come in and, and things of that nature. So I just think, yeah, so much of it does always come back to mindset. And obviously I'm very biased (laughs) in saying that. Um, But even when it comes down to, you know, we're talking about like placebo effect or something like that. And a lot of that, like you're essentially, you were creating a placebo effect for yourself, right? Like no one gave you an anxiety pill. No one gave, like, obviously if you have back pain, you have back pain, but a lot of it, like many like pain researchers will argue that a lot of times pain does stem from just like how you're thinking about the pain and like the way that you're seeing it. And like how many times, like, you know, 
you might notice this if like something is like aching somewhere and then you're driving in your car and you're like oh gosh my shoulder still kind of hurts today someone pulls out in front of you and you're like have to slam on your brakes and you keep driving and you're like thinking about this and you're like wait a second my shoulder stopped hurting you know like something else distracts you and like no longer does that pain exist anymore and Mm -hmm. so some of that stuff is so interesting actually have a one of my good friends Jen Hostler she's a um, physical therapist she's Jen Hostler on Instagram but she helps me a lot I know um, who that is yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she's helped me a lot with some of my stuff. She does like some really cool like um, Zoom stuff and everything too. I'm just like, apparently this is a commercial for Jen. So she should yes. probably thank me. Um, but <laughs> she talks about this stuff all of the time. And that's where we've really been able to connect a lot because she knows that my background is in mindset and how you perceive things and how that makes a difference. And she's very careful with how she words things when it comes to like pain, injury management and things like that because of the same reasons. You know, a lot of the time it's all about just just like how you're thinking about your injury, not even about the injury itself, you know? Um, and like what Sam was saying, instead of like, oh, when I do this and I move to this like weird angle, it <laughs> yeah, starts to like, never like, well, find myself do in. that. Yeah right. yeah, right, exactly. Then don't do that, you know? So um, she says that all the time as well. So I think it's funny that um, you're also mentioning similar sentiments there. But um, yeah, and a lot of it is just, it's so much how you perceive things and, at, honestly, at the end of the day, yes, pain is pain. If you take a lighter to your hand, it's going to be painful. But like to some degree, a lot of it is just like how you're perceiving those things. And that and doesn't even just go for pain and injury and goes for everything in the world. Like how you perceive something, how you, what you assign meaning to is how it's going to show up in your life. And that's like similar, like with anxiety, depression, stress, all of those things it's all about the meaning that you assign to something like that's, what's making the huge, like determining factor on how it's going to show up in your life. Like you have the power in that case. It's just kind of realizing that. And then actually, you know, doing your best to break those habits and move into something like a different sort of pattern. That's more conducive to like your goals and your, honestly, your happiness. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So good. That's, that was a mic drop moment. And well, what's really interesting, I think too, that Sam is really, really good at is, and it's also happened with even some of my clients that will be in the gym at the same time that Sam's in there. And, and they'll like, we just had an athlete the other day, one of my, one of my athletes that I train and, and, um, you know, she, we were, we were doing squats and, and, and you can just tell that like the mechanics needed help. And we're both looking at her and I love when Sam's there. Cause I can be like, Hey, like, look at this with me because it's like, we can both put the pieces together. Yeah. Um, and I know how their bodies move so well. And then like Sam will come in and be like, Oh yeah. Boom. Like be able to see it from the outside. And huh. so she said to us, Oh, I had this trainer a couple years ago who told me that I like, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like, told me that I will always move like this. Cause I have mm. tight hamstrings or whatever it was. And yep. then she was like, so she I, but we, but we also have, and I'm, that's just one example. Cause it happens all the time. We have people come in that will be like, Oh, I can't mm-hmm. do that yeah. because I was told three years ago, yep. I'll never be able to hinge. Mm-hmm. I'll never be able to lift something like this. Oh, well, then you ask them to do it. And they like, their form is not there there no wonder that hurts like we are like okay you know and so it's been cool to see sam be there at the same moments of these happening and all of these examples for now it's like my mindset's so different with it because Mm -hmm. when people used to come to me as like a young trainer right like in my early years of training 
that would freak me out. Cause I'd be like, Oh my gosh, well, I'm not a PT. I'm not a chiropractor. I can't really tell you what to do to make that pain feel better. Like pain was really scary as a young trainer. Like, it's like, Oh my God, I don't want to make it worse. Okay. That hurts. We're stopping. Like, and then it was, well, we never really got to the bottom of what that was and we just moved past it. And so now it's really interesting to have the mindset of like, okay, so there's something else going on. Let's figure it out and we'll get you back yep. to this. Like we can, yep. we can make this work. So Sam, if you want to elaborate on that, cause you, I mean, yeah. you've not only seen it with my clients and myself, but <laughs> with, with obviously Sam's, Sam's, uh, your clients and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to kind of put a bow on the story of that athlete with the, the squatting and the hamstrings. Yeah, we love the, her. We love, and she's young. It, she's a senior it, in high school. Yeah. And how it really ended was Casey was like holding me back. I'm like, what's their name? What's their name? I'm like trying yeah. to figure out who the hell they are. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I go like, there's like protective pit bull mode. Because they, they care, they want to be a good athlete and they care about getting better. And these, these mm-hmm. girls, my girls show the F up. Like they literally put yeah. the work in, oh, like my sure. girls mm-hmm. are amazing. And so for them, it hurts me for them to be so young and be like, mm-hmm. I'm broken and I, oh, I can't yeah. do X, Y, Z. Oh. And I'm like, yes, you can. Like, yes, you can, you know? Yeah. So, and then that moment we, we did a couple tweaks mostly Sam. Cause he was able to see from the outside, you know, looking in. And then mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. And then it all came together and her eyes were like mm. huge. She Aww. was like, I've never been able to feel that in that before. Like it, we were like, see, like, you were yeah. in a, oh, I no. love it. Sorry, yeah. It, it like, no, it's fired <laughs> me up because she was given this story, right? And, and just like with anybody yep. that I work with or anybody that I notice that is, is struggling with something, they're like, oh, I can't do this because it hurts. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's work around that area to come mm-hmm. up with a solution that is more productive than just like not doing anything. Because yeah, most people are like, do it. this yeah. doesn't feel good. Um, this hurts. I'm never going to do it or anything like it ever again, right? So usually it Yep. The majority of people in the gym, like if barring any sort of real structural issues, like a lot of the times it's a lot of low hanging fruit with some sort of mobility or some sort of stability or some sort of mm-hmm. like just corrective direction or a, yep. an adjustment, not even a corrective direction, just like an adjustment to what they're doing already or to have that proprioception of their own body's position in space to be like, okay, well, if you try it this way, move your foot in just a mm-hmm. little bit. Oh my goodness. That doesn't hurt at all. I'm like, yay, we're doing the thing. We're, we're doing the impossible <laughs> right. thing together. Meanwhile, for the last like two years, you've been telling yourself you can't do it, you know? Right, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. Or as simple as like taking her shoes off and she listens to right. my podcast. So she's going to be like, they're talking about me. <laughs> and we mean this in a loving way. It's like as simple as taking her shoes off to do certain things. She was able to feel where she was grounding and where she wasn't grounding and where her toes were coming up and where her, like, it was all, all of a sudden it was getting people more aware of Mm -hmm. what they, what their body feels like in these movements, instead of just Mm -hmm. waiting for it to hurt or finding where it hurts or, and then most of the time for, and I'm admitting, I admitted it in my, in my Instagram post. I was like, a lot of the time, especially when you're a trainer, you kind of want to have your shit together. Like you kind of want to be like, right. not that you need to know everything. Cause Lord knows I don't know everything, but it's like, but you're setting I, an example. 
you're mm. setting an example. So for me to be like, wow, Sam, I have not been bracing correctly for like eight years. Like I always thought, <laughs> but it's really, but it's really easy for me to cue other people. Cause I can see it mm-hmm. in front of me. That's why I'm just an in-person person. Like I like in front of me. Yeah. And so we can see it and we can fix it. But on myself, I thought I was doing it right. And then when he videos me or just touches my oblique and he's like pressing into my hand, I'm like, Oh, that's a lot different than what I was doing. Like it's, <laughs> it changes just to have someone else look at you. But in my head, I'm doing it right all these years. And all of a sudden I'm like, I haven't been. And that's probably right. why I'm now feeling the way I feel. Think about these mm-hmm. movement patterns that I've been doing for eight, nine, 10 years, the same way. Mm-hmm. And no one's ever called me on it. Like, cause I wasn't, my back wasn't rounding. I wasn't doing anything like that. It was just a simple change in the way I was bracing my core. And then all of a sudden, like the weight shot up and I was like, oh, that's what the hex bar I live supposed to feel like. You know what I mean? And, and I'm yeah, humble to admit right. that I'm admitting mm-hmm. like I needed an outside perspective. Yeah. The idea, yeah. The idea coaches is, need coaches. Absolutely. <laughs> and the idea that like we, as people, we, as humans with our bodies, like we never really get a chance to play or practice or mm-hmm. experiment with how to move in different directions. It's almost like we put ourselves in these like categories of movement. It's like, I'm a baseball player and I baseball harder than everybody else. Or I, you know, (laughs) but like, as a lot of our clients are like general population clients, they don't really have a sport. They don't really have a direction in terms of their training Mm -hmm. other than health to give them that space and that safety to practice their own movements in a position or in a place where they can learn about themselves, you know, how their body moves, what they what feels good? What doesn't feel good? How can we increase ranges of motion if you've never actually come close to being in that range of motion, right? Mm-hmm. So I think people are so quick to, especially in a, in a commercial gym setting, to like jump on a piece of equipment and like not give themselves the space to learn about themselves, totally. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was me 100%. Like I taught myself everything, you know, and some of it was not very good. For a long time, I, I remember specifically being, I think I was maybe like a sophomore in college. Um, So this would have been like 2012. And I was like trying to teach myself how to squat. And I remember loading the bar with like 175 pounds and doing some reps. And I'm looking back now, like 175 pounds is heavy for me right now. You know, there's no way I was doing that correctly. And like thinking back, I'm like, oh my God, what was I doing now? That's so embarrassing. Like what was that like a quarter rep? Like what yeah. in the world is going on there? Oh, um, I remember so my like first squat days. Oh my gosh. <sighs> like shooting our butt yeah, so far back, just... like leading into a, basically a deadlift and then like dropping down. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, and I always wanted to right. puke. And yes. I'm like, no wonder I puke. I wanted to puke all the time. I was doing them completely wrong. Like anyway, I digress, but go ahead. I just had a flashback right, in my exactly. head. Yeah. Yes, I know, you know, and it's just, yeah, so much of that. And it's like at one, like to some degree, it's like, yes, get in there, learn the stuff. Like some of it is trial and error and that sort of thing. But like, if I had maybe just like one person helping me out with a little bit of this, you know, part of it is like, now I'm at this point where I've been training for so long. And like, because I started in the, I taught myself everything. I work out by myself. And Casey, you said this at the very beginning, but I don't work out with other people either. I don't like working out with other people. And it's like all stemmed from me, this like being my thing and me teaching myself, but I have to like step back and think like what would I have maybe gained by just having someone yeah like watch a little bit and be like wait a second I feel like you could do something better there um and then like to Sam's point you guys talking about this athlete 
so much of this is like communication error, you know, and we see this from like doctor patient communication wants, makes me want to like shove my <laughs> head through a wall. Oh my God. I cannot even begin to start. And that's like something else, like a, another kind of like, um, tip of the hat to Jen is that she's really big on that too. And like how you communicate different things to doc or to, not to doctors, but to clients and patients, if you're a doctor and, and things like that. But just, yeah, the, fact that this young girl is coming to you saying like, I can't do these things. Someone X, someone told me I can't do X, Y, Z. So I have Oof. to do something differently, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah, I can just like see <laughs> this. I was like, yeah, who told you that? That's not okay. We need to go talk to this person. So they stop like ruining other lives. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it seems dramatic to say like they're ruining your life, but truly like if you're that young, especially because you're like very malleable in your thoughts and the way that you like perceive things. And so if someone who is like, of like, higher authority that you respect says like, you can't do this. Like, this isn't good for you. You're not going to do it. And you're going to assume for as long until you run into Sam and Casey that you you can't do it, you know? Um, And it's just can be really detrimental in that way. And I think similarly, like going down like the doctor patient rabbit hole, I'm sure like most people listening here probably had a situation where they, you know, went into a doctor's office and got to talk to someone for five minutes before getting prescribed something and have no idea what's going on or, you know, not really feeling like they were seen or heard or um, honestly, like this is where a lot of like misdiagnoses come and stuff is just like the lack of communication there um, can be yeah, really, really harmful when it comes to a lot of this stuff and like being, being a coach, being a a doctor, being a physical therapist, being a movement specialist, whatever you are, you have such a strong responsibility to not only have like the information and know a lot of things and be the expert, but also how you're actually presenting that information and sharing it with someone else. Like that matters almost just as much, honestly, if not more than like what you actually know is how you actually present it and how you share it with other people. I mean, Sam did that with me when I was a freaking spiraling mess and I go in and he's just like, oh yeah, like I've heard that before. Like we got this, Mm -hmm. like, let me tell you this story about someone I worked with. And let me tell you this story about someone I worked with. And I remember being like, wow, like I'm so used to like being looked at like by, by other, Mm -hmm. you know, medical professionals, like kind of feeling stupid. Like I felt stupid in the neurologist office. Like I'm sure there's other neurologists that don't make you feel that way, but I was sitting in there. Like I was so hopeless and I was like, I just want help. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And it was before seeing Sam and him just being like, nothing's wrong with you. Like almost looking at me, like you're fine. Get out of here. Like, why are you here? And I was like, Oh my God, like, just listen to me, you know? And it's like, Mm, you're, uh you're pulling from someone who's just not giving it to you. And they're giving Mm -hmm. you the black and white answer but there wasn't, obviously they don't have time maybe to be so emotional with every person, but I was like, just give me some kind of hope. And then, and he was, but for him, he's probably was giving me hope by being like, you're fine, go. But I go into Sam and he's like, like, we, you're going to get better. This is going to go away. My Mm -hmm. chiropractor was like, we are going to get rid of this symptom. Like, and I remember Mm -hmm. being like, wow, like Mm -hmm. really, you know? And it's like, that's what I needed to be on the other end now. And it's so yeah. important the way that we talk to other people right. and the way that we mm-hmm. build them up or, and it's not lying to them. Like Sam wasn't lying. Like nope. I'm better. Nope. I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. Like he's not sugarcoating it. He's like, yeah, yeah. you feel this way. I've also butted it up. A- ABC, here we go. Here's your plan. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you for, yeah. for thank you to myself for reaching out. And thank you for putting these people around me that are like, 
there to support me. And I think that's so important. Like the and also responsibility. Like, makes me wonder then too, like how much of your recovery is attributed to him saying those things to you, you know, the chiropractor saying those things to you and you really truly starting to believe that yep. you can like change and get better. I mean, like, there's no way for us to really like separate those variables and figure out what really made the difference. But you have to wonder, you know, like you actually feeling that sense of relief and like truly believing is going to make a big difference, you know? And I think Sam, a little like um, hats off to you. Uh, you use a little bit of a motivational interviewing skill. And I don't even know if you have training in MI, but um, the, like it's sort of, it's called normalizing. And it's this idea of, you know, whether it's like, oh, I have a lot of other clients that experience this or, oh, I've totally been there. I've done that. Like, no big deal. We got you type of thing. Like sharing, like letting your clients know, letting your friends know, your family, like whoever you're having this discussion with, that they're not alone. And, you know, not going so far in the direction of like, this is so normal that like you're stuck here. You can't change because then we're in like fixed mindset land, but just a little bit of like, Hey, just, so you know, it's okay because I've dealt with this before. And like, this does happen to people, but like, we got you no problem. Like everyone else has been successful. We'll like figure out a treatment plan for you based on that. Plus based on like your personal situation and they'll be good to go. And just like that little bit of like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not alone. Like this isn't just me. And he's helped other people who, who have been in similar situations. Like that's amazing. I can do that too. You know? And, and another uh, point to make is, is the willingness for the people in her life to work together. Cause I was always asking her questions like, all right, what's the Cairo say? What are we going to do together? Mm -hmm. Like, how can mm -hmm. we multiply the effort going forward? Almost like that professional sports team mentality is right. Like you have all these people around you that are focusing on different things. And it's right. like, we're going to work together as a team to come support you wherever you need it the most. And that was so important for me that to, I have been on a team my whole life. You know, it's like, I've been on a soccer team, a track team my whole life. And then that team feeling is something that I needed. And I was definitely lacking in what I felt like I needed to create this team around me. Dogs are the best, aren't they, Casey? <laughs> She's like shaking her head. Nobody can see this, but I saw her dog walk in the room and then I heard bells. My dog is literally snoring. Normally she grabs the squeakiest toy I own for these interviews or these, these podcasts. I am totally with you on that. But yeah, I think that I'd love to wrap this up because I feel like um, this was amazing and I want, and we're just going to keep bringing Casey back forever. She's going to be like Absolutely. the co-host. She's going to be the co-co-co-host of True To You Chats. <laughs> but, um, but if we could just wrap it up maybe in like a little, like where, like if someone is dealing, whether you're a trainer or you're the one dealing with a uh, injury or pain, like where, like obviously we listed steps of what they can do, but kind of like wrap it up. Like where, what can you do? What, like, what, what are, where are we? Right. Like, what can they take mm -hmm. from this? Which I know they took a freaking ton. I took a lot from this too. Cause I was the greatest ex example you could <laughs> yeah. ever ask for. You're, You're right. But no. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's why I started this freaking podcast. Cause it's like this stuff I had, I was not able to get this through in an Instagram post. Like I needed to be able to talk and that's um, whatever I came out of the womb talking. So we are here, but what would you wrap? What would we wrap this up with? What can people take from this with my, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, like the biggest couple things, just like thinking, even just thinking back, like all the things that we just touched on, um, 
some of the biggest sort of themes that I'm realizing through this is just like realizing the power of like your belief system and like your perceptions of things and like the meaning that you assign to things. Um, and just like, I guess being a little bit more aware of that. Right. And not just assuming that like, okay, I have this injury or okay. Like my client has this injury or whatever. Cause even like as a coach too, for those of you that are um, professional health professionals, health and fitness professionals, um, listening to this, like the, your mindset will make a difference too. Like if you believe that like, okay, well they have this injury and like, I guess we just won't do that exercise anymore. And that's something that I deal with with clients all the time. Cause it's like, actually talked to a client this morning who is experiencing a little bit of back pain. She was like, I think it's, I think it's the good mornings. Like the good mornings are the only thing that really bothers. And, you know, I even, I told her this exactly. I said, you know, you don't need to do good mornings to like really see progress. Like there's plenty of other exercises we can do. If that's the one thing that's bothering you, maybe we don't need to do it, but also I'm not going to be quick to just be like, okay, let's not do that exercise. Like we should figure out like what's actually going on because chances are like that will probably show up in some other exercise or you'll bend down to pick up something like in six months from now and something will get tweaked because we never dealt with that issue. So it's, I kind of give them both that, both of those perspectives that like this isn't like a holy grail exercise you know absolutely if something's bothering you we should probably modify or do something different but let's not ignore it entirely um so yeah i think just like general like perceptions like what you assign meaning to <laughs> your mindset on things and like how you're maybe it's just more awareness around how you are noticing things in your life and where your thoughts are really going because we're talking about those two different cases on the different shoulders that you have right everyone has a little bit of that right so picking up on where maybe your fixed mindset is maybe holding you back a little bit and telling you like some evidence against things that doesn't really exist or evidence for things that they're blowing out of proportion, like things of that nature, start to pay attention. You don't need to change anything yet. Just pay attention to where it's coming from, where you see that. So yes, honestly, the, the biggest like overarching theme here is awareness, right? Just being more aware and recognize where your fixed mindset might crop up because nobody is a thousand percent growth minded in everything. Like you're just not. So, but seeing instead, this is where your growth mindset can come in. Seeing those fixed mindset areas that you might have as opportunities to get better and to change and to become more growth minded in those areas and being more aware of like what your belief system is around like your injury or something that's holding you back or anything to that degree and how that could be playing a role in it. And, you know, like that whole like distraction thing, like if you were to be distracted by something, would it still be just as bad, you know? Um, and kind of keeping that as in mind as sort of like a, a home base of like your awareness too. I love it. Can so Casey good. come on every week? Yeah, I'm asking like yeah. your, I'm asking Sam, like yeah. he's your assistant. No, I, I'm like, can hello. we just have yeah. Casey on all the time? She <laughs> says yes. <laughs> yes, I know. Does she say yes? Is she our friend? Yay. Um, no, but really I'm so thankful, honestly, like not only that Casey's like in our circle now, friends, but our, but our, the people that we are talking to and bringing in and able just to help other people like this is this is what this is for. This is why we all do what we do. This is exactly, you know, the three of us want to help people and we care about people. And the more that we share what we're going through or what we've gone through with other clients, like the more it just brings it down to a level where everybody can pick something up from this. That no matter if you have an injury or if you're just, like you said, dealing with a setback, like these totally. principles mm -hmm. are the same thing as, as I've dealt with it before yep. I had an injury. You know what I mean? Like we've gone through these in our minds. Mm -hmm. So 
don't feel alone out there. There are, as you always, always can ask for help. There are people out there that are so willing to support you and help you through anything that you're feeling. And like, you're, you're just not alone. And that is something that I definitely believed. And that was part of my story that I was alone. I was going to have to make it out on my own. And and the only way I got better was asking other people. So, um, thank you guys so much. You guys are amazing. We will, we will have Casey on again. Cause she's our co-co co-host and, <laughs> um, and obviously thank you, Sam, for being here and dealing with me after all this time and still being my friend. Teamwork makes me... the dream work, right? Exactly. And then Casey, make sure you um, just real quick remind us, it'll all be in the show notes, but where they can find you and anything like exciting and things you're doing right now, you're always doing something. Yeah. So I'm sure there's something. Yeah. Going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I hang out mostly on Instagram. I'm coach Casey Joe. I think you mentioned that at the beginning, I'm doing my best that in 2021. I'm like, I'm going to do more Pinterest. I'm going to do more TikTok. I'm saying it here. Hold me yeah. accountable. Uh, um, <laughs> things like that. Get on some other platforms. So I guess be on the lookout for that, but mostly probably just go back to Instagram. Cause that's probably where everything will still like go back there somehow anyway. Um, yeah. so Instagram is where I spend most of my time. Um, as far as things that are going on, Right now, I just launched, so it's kind of like over at this point, but Project Amplify, it's essentially a small group of women. I think we have 23 total who are all like super high achievers, go-getters, but to the degree that, you know, in doing so and building their career and building their families, they kind of like forgot about themselves and to take care of themselves and take time for themselves. Um, so this is essentially like a group for four months. We're going to be talking fitness, nutrition, training, and tons and tons and tons of like mindset and self-care. And I'm super excited for that. So that's, that's mostly awesome. me just like excited because the applications are closed. So I can't like really recruit anyone at this point, <laughs> right. but I'm excited for that. And so that's like getting started now. Um, spring of 2021, I'll have my next round of the health mindset coaching certification running. And that is for coaches and for health and fitness professionals. We had some nurses, some therapists, some people outside of like the health and fitness coaching sphere, but it is mostly for coaches. And that's to teach other coaches about mindset and behavior change from my areas of expertise and how to utilize that. A lot of it is communication and motivational interviewing, which we talked about in this episode today. And how to utilize that with your clients to really help them, you know, adhere and succeed and give you really great testimonials in the long run. So um, <laughs> yeah. lots of good stuff there. And then as always, I have um, the one-on-one -on -one coaching side of my business. There's three other amazing coaches, um, assistant coaches that coach along with me. We have just a beautiful team there where we focus on mainly health and fitness goals, but always with a little bit of psych and mindset tossed in there since it is kind of like a big pillar of like, who I am and what I do. So yeah. And that's, I think pretty much everything that's going on right now. She's amazing. Everybody. Awesome. 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 <laughs> I'm just glad Sam hasn't, um, drifted away in his pouring down rain car he's sitting in. It is a monsoon. Outside and I right realized <laughs> I did never, I never told you my court story from this morning. So this is how we should finish this. Okay. Oh, no. Here's my court story. Yes, nope. We're going to, yes. we're going to finish with it and it's going to, it has nothing to do. Yeah, we need it. Well, now. it might have, I'm sure Casey could pick something out that I could have fixed in this process. <laughs> She'd be like, so if your mindset was different going into this, you might've been better. But I, um, I, we told them before we started up, started this morning with court and now we're here. So I, uh, I've never in my life had to go to court, uh, for anything really. Um, I don't think, yeah, no ever. And so I, in Rhode Island, fun fact, it is illegal to have your phone in your hand at any time at 
anytime. You cannot have Unless this. Unless you're parked at a gas station. Exactly. You cannot have this in your hand or you will get pulled over. And so I was driving through somewhere. Oh, oh sorry, Casey. Yes. <laughs> I'll make sure that I, I'll make sure that I, that I finish in one second. So I have this in my hand and I'm driving through, I get pulled over. I was honest to goodness, to goodness gracious, changing the song on my phone. I was changing music. I was not oh, texting no. and I put it back in my pop socket holder. I get pulled over long story short, had to go to court. He literally told me if I take a receipt of like a mount for my car, they'll dismiss it. And I'm like, okay. So I go and buy another pop socket holder. I have the receipt, blah, 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 blah go this morning, waiting in line, 45 minutes, going into the courtroom, never in my life had to do this, stand in front of a judge. And I realized on the paper that he had put my husband's name as the defendant and not me. So his name was the defendant and the car owner. He did not put me at all. So I go up there and they call my husband's name. And I'm oh like, gosh. of course this is happening to me. And I'm <sighs> like, um, excuse me. So with my mask on, with all these people watching, I'm like, um, you put, they put my yeah. husband's name and it was me. Like, it sounds like I'm covering up for my husband, but it was me. I'm like female right. Casey Brown. Yeah. I should be the one in trouble, not my husband. And he kind of just like <laughs> glazed over the fact that they messed that up. And he was like, okay, um, show me your receipt of your pop socket thing. And I showed him and he was like, you're dismissed. And I was like, okay, bye. Like ran out of the courtroom. And I was like, well, that was an experience. What? Yeah. So it really just like goes to show though, how like ridiculous so much of that is though. Like, obviously they weren't taking it seriously in the first place. You know, what was the point of wasting everyone's time in that case? You know, he like literally gave me my ticket and said, get a receipt of <laughs> amount that I already had in my car, but I needed a new receipt and I had to prove it and he would dismiss me. And there were four people in front of me that did the same exact thing. We were all waiting in line. We walked in. He said, can I see your receipt of your mount? And the one guy, God bless him, pulled out his actual phone mount and was holding it. It was like, here it is. And he goes, no, you need the receipt. I can't dismiss you until you have the receipt. So the oh guy has gosh. to come back later to show the receipt to get dismissed. Yeah. So a little fun fact, um, again, not going after anyone, oh whatever, just saying, I learned something go. new. If you show up with your receipt, like, they're going to probably hopefully let you go, especially wild. in the state but of Rhode just Island. Like, why even have that law or why even enforce it if it's going to be something as simple? And also like that's a receipt for something that you didn't already have, you know, right? like you had to go buy a new one to have a receipt to just so show it. Anyone could have. I literally showed the receipt it's on just... my phone because I panicked because the person in front of me, I was like, oh my God, I don't have the actual physical receipt, but at Best Buy, they stick the curbside receipt on the back yeah. of it. So I showed that and then I showed my internet receipt on my phone and I was like please god just take it because I'm not coming back here later and there's my yeah. story so oh my sorry god. we made it till the end what of the <laughs>